Welcome to the Joyful Weight Loss Podcast, where each week we discuss the science of food as medicine, its impact on metabolic health and obesity, Christian approaches to gluttony, and how to find joy and grace during weight loss. I'm your host, Sarah Wells, MD. I'm a wife and mom of four, a weight loss coach, and a physician specialized in obesity and lifestyle medicine. I've also lost over 90 pounds and kept it off for years. This is your stop for the tools and encouragement you need to improve your health and show up at your best to love and serve your community. Hello and welcome back. What if you could get to the point where what you should eat and what you wanted to eat was the same thing? Or what if you could get to the point where the behaviors that you feel like you should have in terms of healthy habits are what you naturally have, and you didn't have to work as hard for those behaviors to really be habits? What if you really stopped caring for foods that you know have been damaging your health in progress? What if they just lost their appeal? Well, this would be very transformative, right? It would bring so much freedom. Well, this is why we really need to talk about your thoughts and something really interesting called neuroplasticity. So today I'm going to talk about what that is, how it can be helpful for us in building healthier habits, some practical strategies to use to apply this information, and I'll also touch on what the Bible says about the life of the mind and the training of the mind. But first, a moment for my disclaimer. This information is for educational and informational purposes only and solely as a self-help tool for your own use. I am not providing medical, psychological, or nutrition therapy advice. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat any health problems or illnesses without consulting your own medical practitioner. Always seek the advice of your own medical practitioner and or mental health provider about your specific health situation. For my full disclaimer, please go to www.joyfulweightloss.com forward slash disclaimer. So evidence has emerged repeatedly now, which demonstrates the adult brain has actual physical changes that take place when we train it. Functional MRI scans have demonstrated this repeatedly in numerous experiments now. This has kind of debunked earlier notions that um, the brain couldn't change. Okay, we can use this insight into the science of how our brains work to help us sort of alter some of the kind of faulty circuitry that has repeatedly led us to repeating behaviors that we want to change because we know they're not building our health. So this is kind of where we can consider the idea of physically changing the shape of our brains, physically rewiring the pathways. Um, There are pathways of thought and behavior that have built up over years. They are actually physical connections between our neurons. These are like roads which have gotten easier and easier to travel, wider and wider and smoother with every trip we've taken down them. The road, you know, the road might exist between something that serves as a trigger that leads to a thought, and then that thought has often been maybe about a food, and then a certain behavior follows. 
Um, Perhaps, for example, the trigger is a stressful moment that seems to happen regularly, maybe each day. And you've always just eaten during that moment to help not feel those emotions. So that pathway of thinking and action has been practiced a lot. So it's just an easy road to take. It's been rehearsed over and over. Or it could be that there is some kind of reward pathway. You've finished a hard project or a job or chore, and your brain immediately suggests that you reward yourself with food. After all, y'all, that reward pathway, um, which often led to reaching for food following hard or challenging work, that pathway began being built up when we were small kids and we were rewarded for hard things with candy or sweets or, or foods like that. So over all these years, it's not just become a well-traveled path. That reward pathway might actually, for some of us, be a massive super highway. So that first thought that flickers across your consciousness about eating maybe, say, the crust of your kid's grilled cheese sandwich or grabbing a dessert or snack that just wasn't what you planned and you're not even hungry, well, that kind of thought pops up often when, you know, as I've talked about before, when we're tired or feeling emotions that are uncomfortable, um, well, it's coming up again because the brain has realized and recognize that there's a little bit of immediate relief that happens in the form of a dopamine surge um, as a result of that item that you are considering eating. Remember, dopamine is the feel is it's one of the feel-good hormones. And so the brain has developed a bit of circuitry here, um, this impulse or thought that triggers you to consider breaking your plan for how you're going to eat. And because so often in the past, the brain has found that this this particular thought succeeded in helping you get that food, and then the brain gets to feel better in that moment, the brain will continue to kind of bring that thought up as a suggestion of a thought pattern. And then unless you recognize that, you could end up traveling down that physical pathway again between the thoughts and feelings to that um, through that impulsive thought and down that well-traveled road toward the behavior that you had originally not wanted to take, but you find yourself taking again. But the great news, which has become more clear based on brain imaging studies in recent decades, is that these pathways, like I said, are changeable. You might not be able to teach an old dog new tricks, but science has truly revealed that this does not actually apply to the human brain. And neuroplasticity is the fancy scientific word that describes this amazing, changeable capability of our brains. So what are practical approaches that we can take to apply this information to help us in our desire to cultivate healthier habits and to care for our bodies in a way that gives us years of being able to serve and care for the people around us? Well, the first step in interrupting that cycle or that pathway is to somehow wedge a bit of space into that moment between the impulse you get to eat off of your plan and the moment before you take action to somehow interrupt that thought pathway. Now, how much space do you need for this interruption? Well, there are two directions you could go from here. One direction one tactic you can take if you have time 
even just a little bit of time. And another tactic or strategy you can take if you just don't have time in that moment. So first, if you do have a few minutes and you recognize an impulsive thought that might lead you down that familiar pathway to the behavior you're trying to change, if at all possible, when that first thought occurs, when that first impulse occurs, remove yourself physically from the proximity you have to the food item in question. Um, Go to another room, go outside, go somewhere physically distant. And if you're someone who finds journaling helpful at all, and you can even possibly take five minutes away to write out what your thoughts are in that moment, um, try to identify emotions you're feeling, and then find a new thought, a true thought to focus your mind on, to direct your thinking in a new direction. But what about the occasions when you don't have even a minute to step away? Maybe you're in the middle of preparing dinner for your family, and suddenly this idea of sampling one of the ingredients of the meal that you didn't plan on sampling just kind of pops up, or the idea of snacking while you're cooking presents itself. After all, it's it's usually that kind of tougher time of day, at least for moms, when people are cranky and hungry and You might typically experience some more stressful emotions at this time of day. And in the past, there were roads built up in your brain that led you to eat during this window of time. But you just don't have time to step away at that moment when those thoughts present themselves. And in fact, dinner could potentially be ruined if you did. Well, this is where I want to present you with the idea of having a mental stop sign that you pull out. Okay. You have a thought or phrase ready. Um, when an impulsive thought kind of pops up, like, hey, grab a bite of that snack over there. Well, for example, what works for me often is um, having a Bible verse. Um, I do have some I found particularly helpful that I will put on a note card in my windowsill in the kitchen. Um, But even better, it works if I have it stored in my memory bank and ready to pull out. Um, as a specific example, lately what has been working for me is part of a verse in Hebrews. Um, Lay aside every encumbrance. Just those few words I kind of pull out, lay aside every encumbrance. And an encumbrance, if you're wondering, is an obstacle. Um, It's something that hampers you or slows you down. This phrase takes away the debate in my mind over, is this really that bad for me? Is one bite bite really going to be that bad? Because It's really not about whether something is bad or good for me to eat in that moment, but whether it will serve as something that hinders me or slows me down in terms of goals and results. Um, If that one bite would lead me in a different direction in behavior, then it's probably going to be an encumbrance. Um, That passage in Hebrews, by the way, is the Apostle Paul comparing our lives as Christians to that to those of athletes in a race and how in a race, we don't want to carry things that weigh us down while we're running. So when I really don't have any time at all to even wedge all those words in, lay aside every encumbrance, I might even just take that one word encumbrance and just think about that word when I see the food item. I just think encumbrance and it, it has really helped me turn away and move forward with my plans. Um, You may find another word or phrase that works for you that you can kind of rehearse and have mentally ready. It could be a simple thing, like a small phrase you use, like, that's not for me, or that's not for today. 
or some other simple brief stop sign like thought that you want to insert when you feel your mind tugging you to go down a well-traveled thought pathway that might take you toward unneeded foods. Just insert deliberately that stop sign thought right there in that moment, and then do your best to take a different path with your actions, a path that keeps you on the eating plans that you've made for yourself. Now, again, these thought pathways that lead to behaviors are actual physical connections in the brain, neural pathways connecting thought patterns to behavior patterns. And we need to spend time and mental discipline um, building up the new thought pathways that we want and letting the old ones decrease in strength as they hopefully go underused. As these new pathways are built, it's amazing to see these physical changes will actually be happening. Um, Another way to cultivate these new thought patterns um, is kind of like doing practice ahead of time when you're not in the moment. Um, And it's, it's, it's what many people call visualization. It's like a mental rehearsal. It's a practice round for your mind. Um, To do this first, if you can identify a thought or action that you want to take the next time you're in a certain situation or scenario, that's what you want to practice. You can kind of visualize kind of a sort of mental video of yourself in that moment, in that situation that you either experience often or are anticipating experiencing, um, watch yourself go through the actions and thoughts and techniques that might work to prevent going off track. It's helpful to involve as many of your senses in this visualization process as you can. Think about the smell of the food item and think about how the packaging sounds as you hear it being opened. Um, Imagine seeing it Imagine perhaps even feeling this food as you hand it to someone else or use it as an ingredient in a meal that you're preparing. But then visualize yourself feeling success. Watch yourself go through successful actions in this mental sort of video. Put that food away in your mind or um, pushing it away when you're done. And if you're imagining yourself stopping when you're satisfied instead of overeating. So imagine yourself with all your senses succeeding in this new little pretend rehearsal video. Um, This visualization is like a practice run for the next time, and it actually can help with forming those new neural pathways um, that you want to form. And involving all your senses in this exercise can help. Now, I know this idea of visualization might sound absolutely nuts to some of you. But it has actually been very effectively used by professionals in sports as well as professional musicians and other fields as well. Um, in fact, in particular, musicians and their brains have been a focus of many, much of the neuroimaging and research studies into how neuroplasticity works. Um, this is because the complex movements that they train their fingers to take, especially during some of the most challenging music pieces, make them very good subjects for these studies. Now, musicians who mentally run through their musical piece or kind of practice playing it in their mind without even touching their instrument have absolutely found significant benefits in how well they play the piece when they actually go back and pick up their instruments the next time. Now, those are three ways we talked about um, moving physically away and taking a few minutes to write things down. We talked about the mental stop sign and we talked about visualization. Those are three ways that you can start to incorporate um, 
a mental training of building new neural pathways. But I want to say, none of these are necessarily going to be easy. You will likely encounter resistance. So just expect that. The process of building new pathways between these triggering moments um, with new thoughts that lead to different actions and outcomes does absolutely require mental discipline. So it's not easy. But just know that it's normal that you'll have to practice a lot before you begin to take these new thought pathways more regularly. So be patient with yourself. Learn from the mistakes you make. Know that this won't always be successful every time. It will be hard. But you have to approach this with the mentality that you're not just trying it. Instead, you're training. When you approach this whole process as just trying, you might quit the first time you fail or stumble. But when you approach this with the mentality of it being training, then you make notes about it, make notes about the failures or stumbles. You review the situation um, where you have stumbled later on when you have time and think about how to take a new approach or try things a different way. Perhaps you take more times to rehearse the scenario or perhaps you choose a different thought um, or or mental stop sign to insert um, and think about in those moments. Now, I also want to mention how interesting these findings about the brain are in light of what the Bible says regarding the life of the mind and the training of the mind. Um, there are other examples in the history of science where scientists have discovered something to be true, but it was actually alluded to or even spelled out thousands of years before that in the scriptures. Um, I find these things fascinating. One example would be the ideas of quarantining and sanitation methods that were spelled out in, in detail in Levitical laws to prevent diseases from, sp- from spreading in ancient Israel. Now, this was long before modern germ theory was introduced or accepted. So regarding neuroplasticity, um, regarding the mind, um, there are a lot of places where scripture talks about the discipline and training of our minds. Um, One passage is in Philippians 4, um, verses 6 through 8. It says, well, this is verse 8 in particular, but it says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. In Romans um, chapter 12, verse 2, it mentions, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, And then in 2 Corinthians 10, part of verse 5 talks about, take captive every thought. So, And if reading that last passage, if you read more of that chapter of 2 Corinthians 10, it talks about the idea of warfare. Um, Another thing to consider um, as you read, if you want to read through that chapter, is the idea of the battle that um, Christians fight. Um, And we can think about the battles that we fight as Christians who struggle with overeating, that we're fighting to worship God instead of worshiping food. And it really is like a battle for many of us. And we can bring a sword to wield in that battle in the form of scripture memorization. Developing the spiritual discipline of scripture memory can help us keep that spiritual sword, so to speak, ready to go. 
So all that being said, I hope that this um, discussion has been helpful. We've we've covered the idea of neuroplasticity. We've talked about what it is, some practical strategies to use to apply it um, in helping us to achieve healthier habits. And I've also touched briefly on what the Bible says about the life of the mind and the training of the mind. Um, I hope that you all have a great week, and thanks again for listening. I am so very thankful that you've joined me for this week's episode. If you found this podcast helpful, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave me a review on iTunes. This will help others find the show. If you are looking for more direction and help reaching your goals, the 30-Day Blueprint, which is my video course, is available on demand to help you cut through confusion and get you results. To find it, you can go to my website at joyfulweightloss.com. Remember, that's joyful spelled with two L's. I'd also love to hear from you if you have any topics or questions you'd like me to discuss on the show. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at joyful.weightloss.md, or you can shoot me an email at sarah at joyfulweightloss.com. That's joyful with two L's. Thank you.